Foreign Relations Committee will come to order. Uh, the ranking member and myself will defer on our opening comments out of uh, our tremendous respect for Lamar Alexander, the senior senator from Tennessee, uh, our great friend. We appreciate him being here. And Senator Alexander, uh, um, please take your time in welcoming our distinguished guest today and our friend. And when you're finished, uh, you can certainly go about doing your other duties. You do not have to stay. Thank you, Senator Corker, Senator Cardin. It's uh, kind of intimidating to be down here in the witness chair. You know, the, <laughs> well, can, you've done it before. I've done it before, and I, I'm right. sure this confirmation hearing will go better than mine did 25 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I'm here today to strongly recommend and respectfully recommend to the committee that it approve the president's nomination of Bill Haggerty as ambassador to Japan. Uh, in 2013, when Bill Haggerty was the commissioner of economic development for Tennessee, he gave a speech entirely in Japanese at the American Embassy in Tokyo. Now, I've looked it up. There have been 16 United States ambassadors to Tokyo, a very distinguished group since World War II, a five-star general, two former Senate majority leaders, a former vice president of the United States, and a former speaker of the House, the daughter of the president, former president, and so far as I know, none of them were able to do what Bill Haggerty did in 2013 when he made a speech entirely in Japanese at the American Embassy in Tokyo. That's just one reason why I think Bill Haggerty is one of President Trump's best appointments. He was born in Tennessee, graduated from Vanderbilt University. He was a member of the, he was associate editor of the Law Review. He worked as a consultant for the Boston Consulting Group. During his final three years there, he lived in Tokyo, and he served as senior executive managing their clients around Asia. He was selected by President George H.W. Bush to be on his staff. There he worked on trade, commerce, defense, and telecommunications issues. He was a White House fellow. He was founder and chairman of a company in private life that became the third largest medical research company. He founded his own private equity and investment firm. From 2011 to 2015, he was the Commissioner of Economic and Community Development for Tennessee. And in that role, working with Governor Haslam, secured $15 billion in capital investment and 90,000 jobs for our state. In two of those years, Tennessee was the number one state for economic development and number one state for job creation through foreign direct investment. He's a distinguished Eagle Scout. He was head of a capital campaign for the Scouts. He served on the board of the Far East Council of the Scouts, encouraging the growth of Boy Scouts throughout Asia. One way he intends to continue that mission is that his two sons, who are here today, will join their respective troops in Japan uh, following his confirmation. And his wife, Chrissy, would want me to quickly add that there are two aspiring Girl Scouts in their family uh, who will have their time to do that, too. He's not only one of the best appointments, one of the most important uh, there's a reason why we've had such a distinguished list of ambassadors since World War II, including our former majority leader, Howard Baker, from Tennessee. Mike Mansfield, another former majority leader who was ambassador, used to say in every speech he made that the Japanese-American alliance is the most important two-country relationship in the world, bar none. 
Ambassador Mansfield said that so often that Americans in Tokyo used to refer to our embassy as the Bar Nun Ranch. If you'll permit a little parochialism, Mr. Haggerty comes from a state, Tennessee, that has the most important relationship with Japan of any state, bar none. Uh, that began about 40 years ago. I remember President Carter saying to me as a new governor and to the other governors, go to Japan, persuade them to make here what they sell here. Uh, off we all went. I spent the first 24 months as governor. Uh, uh, during my first 24 months as governor, I spent three weeks in Japan and eight weeks on Japan-American on Japan -American, uh, relations. I explained to Tennesseans that I thought I could do more good for our state in Japan than I could in Washington, D.C. It turned out to be true. Nissan, Bridgestone, Komatsu, other companies came. By the mid-'80s, we had about 10% of all the Japanese capital investment in the United States. This has continued. Nissan and Bridgestone have their largest plants, or North America's largest auto plants and tire plants uh, in Tennessee. And with Mr. Haggerty's help, uh, Bridgestone, as well as Nissan, Nissan, has decided to locate its North American headquarters in our state. So Bill Haggerty, if approved by the committee, would go to Japan not only able to speak the language, but, a, but having lived and worked there and understanding how close ties between Jap Japan and the United States can create bigger paychecks for Americans as well as for the Japanese. So my hope is that the committee will promptly approve his nomination and that he will soon be on his job and his children will be in their respective scout troop in Japan. Thank you very much for allowing me to come this morning. Thank you so much for being here. Those uh, an outstanding introduction and um, certainly I know you know him well. Um, I'll follow on. I think that uh, I think Lamar's done an outstanding job of laying out uh, these outstanding credentials, and I agree that uh, you're one of the most outstanding appointments that President Trump has made. Um, the relationship between our two countries uh, speaks for itself, and having uh, Abe here as one of the first visitors, I think, uh, speaks to how the Trump administration and our country feel about Japan. I do want to say that the ambassador, Ambassador Sasai, is here with us, a friend, someone that we work with constantly. We welcome him here to this, this hearing. Um, to my friends here, I, I will speak on a little different level about, uh, about this nominee. Um, I have seen him in business and the outstanding things that he has done there. Um, I have seen him represent our state and cause it to be the the, the most important state relative to job creation in our country and the most heralded. Um, I've seen him come into an administration um, that had some really tough issues and cleanup uh, that needed to be done on some economic issues, and I've seen him negotiate those in an appropriate and steadfast manner while at the same time bringing people together. Um, I know his family. Uh, I know Lamar mentioned the uh, the Boy Scout issues. I was with Bill recently when he was at a weekend Boy Scout event, and it rained the entire weekend, and he looked pretty haggardly, a little different than he does today. Um, but he's an outstanding family person. Uh, he and his wife, Chrissy, actually met in Japan. Uh, so their homecoming uh, back to the country in which they met uh, where he will be heralded uh, much in the way Howard Baker was when he came. I visited Japan 
uh, when, when Senator Baker was our ambassador there. And I saw the tremendous ties between our countries. And the fact is that Tennessee is a place that uh, is a, has a very warm spot in, the, in Japanese hearts. It really does. And I think that Bill Haggerty, as good a job as Senator Baker did, and we were all so proud of his service, um, I have a feeling that, that Bill Haggerty is going to raise the bar. Um, so I am really, really proud of this nomination and uh, so glad that uh, I believe he will be ascending to this position quickly. And I know he will represent the very best of our country. Senator Card. Uh, Mr. Haggerty, welcome. Your two senators are very well respected in this institution, and it's usually an obligation to introduce a person from the state. But we could tell, by the way, that Senator Alexander and Senator Corker have spoken about you, that it comes from their heart and the deep respect that they have for you, which carries you a long way in this committee in the United States Senate. So welcome. It's wonderful to have you here. And we welcome your family because this is a family commitment. Uh, your public service. So we thank your entire family for being willing to join your venture on behalf of our, of our country. Uh, you've heard the previous ambassadors to Japan, and it's a very distinguished list. And Mike Mansfield, one of the giants in American history, and of course Howard Baker from your own state, um, leaders in the United States Senate, Speaker Tom Foley, uh, the Vice President Walter Mondale, and Caroline Kennedy. So it's a distinguished group I could go on. So this, the reason is, as pointed out by Senator Alexander, the relationship between the United States and Japan was critically important to the United States. In the Obama administration, we had to rebalance to Asia because we recognized that the Asia region has always been important to the United States, but it's emerging as one of the most important strategic developments during this time as to America's role globally as to how well we deal with the Asia region. So you're going to play a very, very important role uh, in, in that regard. It, the, it's uh, the United States, Japan, the first and third largest economies. Uh, we have common values of democracy, human rights. Uh, we're going to be uh, calling upon that relationship as we try to expand our influence in that region on labor issues, on environmental issues, on good governance, on human rights, all those matters will very much depend upon how well the U.S.-Japan relations develop as its influence in Asia and its global uh, areas. You'll have challenges. You know the challenges of North Korea and what recently has transpired, which has been building up for a long time. Your role as our ambassador to Japan will play an important role as we try to, to deal with that challenge. The rise of China uh, will very much be on your agenda. How Japan deals with South Korea, uh, which has been a challenge over time. It's gotten better of late, but still not the close relationship we would like to see between two of our close strategic partners in that region in the world. Maritime security issues are very much dominant, and Japan's right in the middle. And of course, our security alliance and what we do with Okinawa and Guam are issues that we really need uh, to, uh, to focus on. So we welcome you to the committee, and we look forward to a discussion as to how we can work together to strengthen America's national security interests. 
Without objection, any written, written testimony you have will be entered into the record. You, if you would summarize your comments in about five minutes, uh, that would be great. And then we look forward to questions. Again, thank you for your willingness to serve in this capacity and for being here today. Thank you, Senator. It's very humbling. I appreciate the hospitality. Mr. Chairman, Ranking Member Cardin, distinguished committee members, it's an honor to be with you today as President Trump's nominee to be the U.S. Ambassador to Japan. I'm humbled that the President has entrusted me with this opportunity to lead our engagement with such an important ally. Few nominees are fortunate to testify before their own senator, and I'm privileged to be here today before fellow Tennesseans and good friends, Chairman Corker and Senator Alexander. Knowing that I've not journeyed here alone, I'd like to express my love and my gratitude to my family, my wife Chrissy, and my children, William Haggerty, Stephen Haggerty, Tara Haggerty, and Christine Haggerty. In addition, I'd like to acknowledge Chrissy's mother, Terry, my mother, Ruth, and our siblings who are watching from home today. Importantly, I'd also like to share my gratitude to our fathers, Chrissy's father, Bill Lockpadden, my father, Bill Haggerty, who are both with us in spirit here today in this room. And I'd also like to thank Ambassador Sasse and the many other friends in the audience today who joined and show their support. The Trump administration has made clear, in words and actions, the high priority it places on our alliance, partnership, and friendship with Japan. The President hosted Prime Minister Abe just three weeks after his inauguration. The Vice President visited Japan last month. Secretaries Tillerson, Madison, Ross traveled to Japan early in their tenures. This rapid, senior-level engagement underscores the strength and importance of our security alliance and overall bilateral relationship. Mission Japan is staffed by over 700 dedicated men and women working diligently to advance U.S. interest in Japan and throughout Asia. They support some of our nation's most important partnerships, and I could not be more excited about the opportunity to lead this team if confirmed. I also look forward to working with the leadership of our distinguished U.S. forces in Japan in managing our all-important alliance. Moreover, our bilateral relationship is supported by many men and women right here in Washington, whether it be our Japan desk at the State Department or the many departments and agencies that work with their counterparts at Mission Japan every day. This committee and other legislators and their staffs play an active and vital role in guiding this critical relationship, and I would like to underscore my deep appreciation for the leadership and engagement that go into making our relationship with Japan among the strongest any two countries might hope to achieve. I've seen firsthand the importance of this relationship with my own eyes. These personal connections began when I worked in Tokyo for three years in the 1980s and 90s with the Boston Consulting Group. That time in Tokyo brought home to me our two countries' shared economic interests and security priorities, while affording me lasting friendships and a deep appreciation of Japanese culture. Years later, as Commissioner of the Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development, I managed a number of offices overseas, including one in Japan, with a focus on attracting foreign direct investment, jobs, and on promoting exports. Our success there was unprecedented. Tennessee became the first state to be ranked number one in economic development two years in a row, in 2013 and 2014. We were also the top state for job creation from foreign direct investment during my tenure. 60% of that foreign direct investment was sourced in Japan. I hope to bring my experience to bear on our robust economic relationship with Japan. In particular, I intend to promote job-generating Japanese investment in the United States. I would also aim to support new trade opportunities and enhanced access for U.S. firms in the Japanese market to narrow the overall deficit with Japan. If confirmed, I would seek as well to advance the economic dialogue recently launched by Vice President Pence as a vehicle to strengthen the overall bilateral framework of our economic relations. While such trade and investment has been a professional focus of mine, I know that the anchor of the overall U.S.-Japan bilateral relationship 
consist of more than mutual economic benefits. Foremost in our relationship is the U.S.-Japan alliance, the cornerstone of regional peace and security, as well as a platform for global cooperation. The deployment of our best military personnel and our best technology to Japan reflects the ironclad commitment of the United States to the alliance and to the peace and stability of the Asia-Pacific region. This commitment is more critical than ever in the face of fast emerging security challenges, including North Korea's nuclear weapons and ballistic missiles programs, as well as China's assertive behavior in the East and South China Seas. Just as we value the Japanese government's support for the alliance, so too we must thank the localities that host U.S. forces, particularly in Okinawa. As ambassador, I would continue to build strong relations with host communities while ensuring our continued capability to fulfill security commitments. The U.S.-Japan partnership enjoys strong bipartisan support in the Congress and in the Japanese Diet. Through exchange programs, cultural activities, and reconciliation efforts, the United States and Japan have developed a close understanding between our two peoples as an enduring foundation for a strong bilateral relationship. If confirmed, I would aim to strengthen our people-to-people -people ties even further. In closing, the U.S. partnership and alliance with Japan is a central pillar in our role in Asia and beyond. Drawing on the strength of the entire U.S. government, including our outstanding military personnel, the dedicated officers of the U.S. Foreign Service, and the many talented men and women from multiple federal agencies that serve Miss Japan, I would, as ambassador, endeavor to deepen our partnership and alliance with Japan so we may respond more effectively to regional and global challenges. I'm honored to be considered for this critical post, and I'll focus all my strength on improving the lives and security of my fellow Americans through engagement with our strongest ally in Asia. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you very much. Uh, as is the norm, I'll defer to our ranking member and save my time for interjections. And I'm going to step upstairs for a hearing at, uh, just for a few minutes at about 9.58 and come back. But uh, to our distinguished ranking member and my friend, Rank uh, Ben Cardin. Well, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Haggerty, you have a very strong background, and you've been nominated to be ambassador to a country that the United States has a very strong tie and relationship. So that makes this hearing a little bit more challenging for us, but we always find ways to try to inject uh, some uh, important discussions during these hearings. And as I mentioned in my opening comments, the United States and Japan working together can advance values that we have in common. So when we talk about trade, we can promote labor standards by working together. We can promote intellectual property protections. We can deal with currency manipulation, those issues where Japan and the United States should be able to advance causes together, including good governance and respect for human rights. So I just really want to mention uh, one area, uh, two areas of concern on human rights. I, I try to, to, to focus on human rights whenever, whenever I can because I do think it's one of the, the real important values that America brings uh, to the global community. We've had challenges between the relationship with Japan and South Korea in dealing with World War II issues. And I think advancements have been made by both countries, and I congratulate the leaders of both countries. Uh, Prime Minister Abe has made uh, uh, great uh, advancements in uh, dealing with South Korea. And I think that was encouraged by the United States, and we need to continue uh, those advancements. But in December 2013, the Prime Minister Abe visited a controversial shrine to World War II, which included uh, uh, several Class A war criminals. Our embassy spoke out against that visit as being insensitive. 
And I underscore that because that's a close friend, and yet what we do in our embassy, what our ambassador does in Japan, is an important message about where we need to make sure that we advance our values, even with a friend when we think they're doing something that's inappropriate. I would just like to get your, um, your views as to your role, if confirmed as our ambassador, to be willing to advance our values, even if at times we disagree with the government of Japan, your willingness uh, to speak out. Senator, I appreciate the challenge that you raise. Um, my job will, to be create, will be to create a sense of uh, trust and fair dealing with the Japanese uh, government and with the citizens, but also to be a steadfast supporter of our values as Americans and advance American interest. And I would have no problem uh, speaking to the Japanese and conferring with them on issues that are contrary to our values at the appropriate time and at the appropriate conditions. Well, uh, that, and sometimes we can advance the agenda, but sometimes the agenda is, is, is advanced by the, the, the circumstances and require us to be prepared to speak out, even though it may not have been the time that we wanted to because of circumstances. And I'm going to be uh, asking you, as if confirmed as our ambassador, to, to take on those challenges and, and to work with this committee. Uh, this has never been a partisan issue in this committee, our, our, our concern about human rights globally. And uh, we will be looking to you to not only help us in regards to Japan, but in regards to the region, since Japan is one of our closest allies uh, and, and shares our values in, in the Asia-Pacific region. Indeed, Senator. I look forward to working with you and the rest of the members of the committee on that. I, I appreciate that. I, I want to talk a little bit about Okinawa and Guam and the, the challenges we've had. Uh, our committee has a direct interest. The Armed Services Committee has a direct interest in this. This is an area that requires diplomacy. Uh, the, the challenges here have grown over time. The base was there, um, has been there for a long time. The problems have gotten more severe politically, particularly for the Japanese politics. Indeed. But we also have had American politics as to how we deal with our, where our base should be, what's in the best interest of regional security. So can you just share with us how you intend to advance that issue if you are confirmed as ambassador? Uh, Senator, I spoke with Admiral Harris just yesterday on this topic. Um, it's a slow advancing topic, but one that's making progress in terms of our relocation of the Fatima uh, operation there. Things are moving slowly, but they've begun construction out near Camp Schwab, and I see progress moving in that direction. The challenge is significant, though. The Okinawa has grown up around our base there, and it's now a heavily populated area where we see many military operations happening in a, in a fairly densely populated area there in Okinawa. There are tensions between the Okinawa government and central government in Japan that we have to be mindful of. But I intend to put my attention to that and work closely with our military forces there to try to continue to advance the cause. And you're prepared to give your personal time meeting with the community as well as meeting with our military so that we can have seamless communications between the U.S. presence and the local uh, political leadership? Indeed. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Senator Brasso. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Uh, congratulations, uh, Mr. Haggerty. Welcome to your family as well. Um, want to talk about trade, something that we mentioned when we visited with you in, in your office. 
Uh, the United, uh, in my office, the United States is the most competitive supplier of soda ash in the world because of the abundance of uh, raw material that mentioned trona in, in our country. U.S. Uh, natural soda ash is refined from the mineral trona. Uh, the Green River Basin in Wyoming has the world's largest known deposits of this naturally occurring trona. It's a key component of glass, detergents, soaps, chemicals. Uh, it's also used in many other industrial processes. Uh, American soda ash has long been regarded as the standard of quality, purity, and energy efficiency in production. But currently, Japan, as we've discussed, has a 3.3% tariff on natural soda ash imports. Eliminating the tariff on naturally sourced soda ash would benefit Japanese manufacturers as well as U.S. producers. Um, so will you commit to me to work on eliminating Japan's tariff on U.S. natural soda ash and help make eliminating trade barriers and increasing exports to Japan for all U.S. industries a priority? I will certainly make that a priority, Thank Senator you. Brasso. Uh, and next is Wyoming beef. Um, expanded trade is critical for the economic growth and competitiveness of our businesses, workers, farmers, ranchers. Uh, in December of 2003, Japan closed its market to U.S. beef imports after a Canadian-born dairy cow in Washington state tested positive for something called BSC. Uh, at the time, Japan was the largest export market for U.S. beef. It was valued at over $1.4 billion a year for the United States. In 2006, Japan partially reopened their market to U.S. beef that's aged 20 months or younger. They further erased restrictions in, uh, or eased restrictions in 2013 by increasing that age barrier to 30 months and younger. But despite the actions, American farmers and ranchers still operated a competitive disadvantage in the Japanese markets. So again, American farmers and ranchers produce the highest quality beef in the world. They have clear, consistent standards. We do here at home for animal health, for food safety. So do you believe it's important to secure strong market access for U.S. beef and other important American commodities in Japan? Indeed I do, Senator Barrasso. Um, as a boy, I raise cattle myself. And uh, I appreciate the, the, the industry and the needs of the industry. And when I lived in Japan, I appreciate the, uh, the quality of American beef, and I'd love to have the, the access to it. The, the tariff structure is complicated, and I would be delighted to work toward improving that situation. And then the final question has to do with energy security. You know, after Fukushima, all of Japan's nuclear reactors were shut down. Uh, since that time, Japan has been working to create a strategic energy mix. Uh, the country currently relies on imported coal, oil, liquefied natural gas from, for more than 80% of its energy supply. And as we talked, I was just there a couple of weeks ago talking about energy in Japan. Strategically, Japan seeks to ensure its energy security by maintaining as diverse an energy portfolio as possible in terms of both fuels as well as suppliers. So do you support the United States increasing our energy exports to Japan and if confirmed, will you assist U.S. businesses and industries to gain greater access to Japanese markets? I will, and I see that both as an economic and a strategic opportunity, Mr. Senator. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Senator Coons. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, thank you, uh, Mr. Haggerty and your family. Thank you for your willingness to take your considerable talents and experience and apply them uh, to representing the United States uh, in sustaining and expanding our relationship uh, with this absolutely vital uh, ally. Uh, that shares a lot of our values, a commitment to rule of law, to market economy, to democracy, uh, in a part of the world where we have a lot of other uh, competing and challenging uh, interests and concerns. Uh, as I mentioned when we met before, I, I want to briefly touch on three different areas. <clears throat> you've, you've just had to answer searching questions about American beef, and 
my state's very concerned about American poultry. So we want to make sure that chicken is on the menu at the same time that beef is. <laughs> Understood, Mr. Senator. Um, and as we discussed, uh, in trying to reach um, a fair trade relationship uh, with China, excuse me, with Japan as well as with China, uh, we've often struggled to get full market access for American uh, poultry. Is that something um, you will make a priority in your service as ambassador? Uh, indeed, I will, Mr. Senator. I look forward to doing that. Any thoughts in particular about how we might address some of the non-tariff barriers faced by American uh, poultry and, and other agricultural exports? Non-tariff barriers have been prevalent in Japan since I lived there more than 20 years ago. I spent a good deal of time then when I was on the U.S. Chamber, uh, American Chamber of Commerce in Japan, uh, working on those issues. I think that they are still uh, issues that, that uh, impede the competitiveness of Japan industry, frankly, as well as impede our ability to, to export into that market. I look forward to continuing to work on multi-layer distribution systems that are complex, overly complex, I should say, regulations and regulatory frameworks that are not harmonized, and there are many opportunities, I think, uh, a lot of low-hanging fruit, frankly, where we can make some advancements. One area where China uh, has made sort of striking uh, recent decisions is in uh, banning the uh, trade in ivory. Um, I worked across the aisle with Senator Flake to pass a bill uh, that was signed into law in the last Congress, the End Wildlife Trafficking Act. Uh, Japan remains one of the world's largest uh, markets for legal ivory, uh, and I was hoping that you might spend some time uh, on the uh, international traffic uh, in illegal wildlife products uh, because in a number of hearings uh, on this committee in the last two Congresses, we've concluded that that helps finance uh, terrorism and uh, international mm -hmm. criminal gangs. I just want to draw your attention to my concerns and others' concerns about uh, illegal you. ivory traffic. Mm -hmm. um, last, um, intellectual property is an area where there's been some uh, disagreements between the United States and Japan over the years. Um, seeking their partnership in strengthening the global intellectual property system um, is a way both for us to partner as the world's largest and third largest economy uh, and, frankly, for a way for us to put pressure on other countries Indeed. in the region that really don't respect intellectual property at all. Um, how would you imagine our working in partnership with Japan to strengthen intellectual property protections and how do you see our withdrawal from the TPP, um, especially when it was so far along in terms of uh, ratification and conclusion, um, affecting our ability to be a um, successful advocate for protections uh, like intellectual property protections with Japan and in the region? Um, on intellectual property, um, I'd say being from Tennessee, uh, particularly a music-producing uh, industry that's so strong in our state, I'm very sensitive to the issues surrounding intellectual property. And I think our interests with Japan are aligned. Japan exports more to China than any other country. They have very real concerns about intellectual property protections in that country, as do we. So I would look to continue to find areas of alignment with, with Japan and, and continue to push forward in international fora to uh, advance international property rights, intellectual property rights. On the um, TPP, I'm well aware of the, um, the, the, the issues raised by, with, by our withdrawal, but I also am well aware of the progress that was made through the course of those negotiations. I would look to find areas of common ground that have already been established and try to build on those that make the most sense for America and for our joint relationship and continue in a bilateral framework to try to advance our nation's interests. Um, I'll take my last minute and ask what role you think uh, Japan should play in um, helping our shared challenge in confronting North Korea's uh, aggressive nuclear weapons program. Japan's a very important bilateral partner here, uh, and there's, there's an important trilateral relationship as well with South Korea. Uh, I think Japan is fully aligned, as, uh, as we mentioned, as we discussed privately in your offices. I don't see any daylight between our position and the Japanese position. They're obviously in closer proximity to the threat in North Korea 
and very concerned about it, but I think that we're completely aligned. As I mentioned a minute ago, I spoke with Admiral Harris yesterday, and this is one of the issues we spent a good deal of time talking about. And my sense from him as well is that there is great alignment there. Good. Well, I look forward to supporting your service as our next ambassador and appreciate that we're sending someone with your background and skill and expertise. Thank you very much, Senator. Senator Portman, you're up. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And uh, first, uh, Mr. Haggerty, thanks for your willingness to serve. Uh, and I want to commend you for your statements you've made today about the importance of relationship and how you intend to focus your efforts uh, should you be confirmed. I believe you will. Mostly, though, I want to uh, commend William, Stephen, Tara, and Christine for their patience and their decorum this morning. Uh, they're going to be great in Japan <laughs> as ambassadors for you. Uh, so you guys must be really proud of your dad. Um, I was just in Japan on a congressional delegation trip. We had an opportunity to visit with a number of officials, including our, our military leadership there, including General Martinez. Um, I also got a chance to meet with the trade minister, um, who I've gotten to know a little bit over the years, uh, uh, Minister Seiko, and also we, we met with uh, the Chief Cabinet Secretary Suga, who you probably know, who is uh, in an incredibly important position right now with relationship to the ongoing discussion between Vice President Pence and uh, uh, Foreign Minister Asso and, and the administration trying to rekindle some of these uh, trade talks we talked about. Uh, I appreciate what you said about TPP. You know, one of our concerns about TPP from those of us in auto producing states, uh, including Tennessee, where you also have uh, American manufacturers, um, is this notion of uh, what the rules of origin would be. In other words, that cars produced in other countries effect because of the number of parts that would come into Japan uh, would be considered uh, Japanese cars and would get the benefit of the TPP. So I hope you'll focus on that issue if we continue negotiations with Japan, which I hope we will on a bilateral relationship. Uh, another one is just the frustration that we feel about Japan not opening their market to U.S. automobiles. And uh, this is something that uh, I hope you will focus on in, in your new role. Uh, let me give you some numbers about this. Uh, Japan is one of the largest auto markets in the world. In fact, it's the third biggest, I'm told. Five million annual sales, uh, so second only behind the United States and China, uh, which is consistent with the direct, their size of their economy. Imports from the United States, Europe, and the rest of the world account for 6.7%, 6.7% of the cars in Japan. And by the way, the U.S. does not uh, export as many cars as the Europeans do to Japan. So it's 6.7%, a paltry amount, but with regard to the U.S. market, it's even smaller. Um, Japan domestic automakers export about half the vehicles that they build. And uh, this includes uh, 1.6 million vehicles to the United States in 2015. So there's no other developed country in the world that has such a small share of import penetration. In the U.S. is about 45% imported automobiles. That's roughly equivalent to the other OECD countries. Um, so one, uh, why do you think that penetration of U.S. vehicles is so low? Uh, why are we not able to break through that market and have great automobiles produced in states like my home state of Ohio uh, being driven in Japan? And, um, and what are you willing to, to do about it in uh, what, again, I think will be a, uh, uh, an opportunity you'll have, uh, both as ambassador and as someone who has good relationships with the government and has a business background to be able to be effective? What will you do? Well, Senator, it's a very complicated question you raise, and I appreciate the, um, the, the issue. I think it goes back to some of the structural barriers that we were discussing earlier. 
when I lived in Japan a number of years ago, uh, the automotive market has a very complex distribution system there. There's also the harmonization of standards. That's an issue. Um, again, I think this is an area where we can find common ground. I'm fortunate to have Nissan headquartered in our home state, their North American operations, and a very close relationship with their team, not only in the U.S., but in Japan. And their president is the head of the Japan Auto Association. I look forward to getting to work with that group there as well on harmonization issues and finding opportunities where we might be able to ease some of these structural impediments that exist. But I think yeah, you, not, you that's not just tariff, but it's structural barriers. You mentioned harmonization of standards uh, in their free trade discussions with the Europeans. My understanding is they've already agreed to accept the European safety standards as an example. We believe we have the best safety standards in the world here in the United States of America, and yet the Japanese will not accept our safety standards, which is a non-tariff barrier. Mm -hmm and makes it much more expensive for us to sell a car in Japan because it has to conform to different safety standards that we don't believe are, are based on good science. Uh, so that's an example where we would, we would uh, expect you to stand up for us and to uh, open up that market more in the context of a bilateral trade uh, negotiation, certainly, but even in the absence of that, uh, to be sure that with one of our greatest allies in the world that we have access to, uh, to their market as they have access to ours. Understood, Senator. Thank you. Uh, just briefly, with regard to the security relationship, again, incredibly important right now. And mm -hmm. as you indicated, they're a force multiplier for us. Um, and we have about 40 to 45,000 troops, I understand, in Japan today. One of the concerns that I have, having been there recently, is the degree to which we're able to protect our own troops. Um, there are certain restrictions uh, with regard to what we're able to do offensively, as an example, uh, if we perceive a threat. Um, have you thought about that issue, and do you have any suggestions as to how we can ensure that on all of our bases in Japan we have the ability to help protect the Japanese people from potential uh, threats from North Korea today, which has been a, a focus, obviously, but also to ensure that, that we can protect our own troops um, from the possibility of uh, conventional or even uh, nuclear missiles? Well, Senator, if I'm fortunate to be confirmed uh, as ambassador, my top priority is going to be the safety and, and security of Americans on Japanese soil. And I was fortunate to speak with Admiral Harris yesterday about this, particularly about what might happen in uh, further, if the deterioration in the situation in North Korea gets worse, uh, how we might think about uh, movement of Americans in that situation and the threat that exists. It's something that I need to study a good deal more to give you a, a, a definitive answer, but it's something that I'll put my my foremost attention to. Yeah. I was struck by that in my recent visit, and I think you probably will be too, that you know, we have an incredible uh, military presence there of, of brave men and women in uniform who are there uh, in part to defend Japan, uh, and Japan is starting to step up more, which we want to see more of uh, to be able to protect themselves, but we also got to be sure that our own troops uh, have adequate protection. And, and I thank you again for your willingness to serve and look forward to continuing the conversation uh, in your new role as Ambassador of Japan. Thank you very much, Senator. Okay. Senator Menendez. Thank you. Congratulations on your nomination. I appreciated your visit uh, with me in my office. Um, Japan is, as I said to you, then one of the most important strategic and economic partners that the United States has in the world. It is uh, the fourth largest trading partner. It is the number one hold of U.S. Uh, treasuries, always important, uh, and uh, obviously, uh, particularly in the region, incredibly important to us. And since the end of World War II, the United States and Japan have built an important relationship that serves both of our strategic interests. And I'm impressed with your background as uh, certainly in the knowledge of the language and all of the commercial and trade issues that you have led there. But 
Uh, I want to explore with you a little bit of the non-commercial trade issues because those are equally important in this bilateral relationship. And as a prelude to that, I, I, I wonder if you can share with me uh, when the president was a candidate, his assessment of Japan is that Japan has, quote, not taken care of us properly. Uh, have you spoken with the president about his view of our relationship with Japan, and uh, has that position changed uh, since take, his taking office? I have spoken with the president about his views. Most of our conversations have focused on trade. Uh, the discussion that you raise, I think, has to do with our security uh, and with, our, with, with the contributions and the relative contributions of American investment in that region as well as the Japanese investment in the area. What I'm heartened by is that the president, since making um, that those comments that you referenced, has spent a good deal of time with Prime Minister Abe. Vice President Pence has traveled over. We've had three cabinet members uh, in country in Japan. So I think that we're working to get much closer in terms of our understanding of what needs to be done and what the opportunities might be. So you, you see that statement as more of a spending by Japan in a military context for their defense as well as a <coughs> joint defense with us than anything else? Uh, that's my interpretation of it, sir. Okay. Let me uh, ask you the next question. Uh, uh, on the campaign trail, uh, the president, as a candidate, said in an interview with Chris Wallace of Fox News uh, that North Korea has nukes. Uh, maybe they would, meaning Japan, be, in fact, better off if they defend themselves by North Korea, including with nukes. Uh, as you go to a country that has a history here of not pursuing nuclear power for those purposes, uh, and considering uh, the consequences of the potential of igniting a, uh, a uh, race for nuclear weapons in the region, uh, what views do you take with you to Japan as it relates to should they or should they not be pursuing uh, nuclear weapons? Uh, Prime Minister Abe just very recently has made an unequivocal statement that they will not be pursuing nuclear weapons in Japan. And I respect that. They have a very unique history in Japan, having been the only country to receive um, the, the results of a nuclear weapon. And I think that sensitivity is something that I appreciate and hold, hold close. And uh, we're, we're not going to be urging them to pursue nuclear weapons, I assume, in, if you are confirmed. I have no intention to do that. All right. Now, uh, with reference to um, Russia, Prime Minister Abe has pursued a closer relationship with Russia including efforts uh, to resolve some longstanding territorial disputes over islands uh, in the Kuril chain and to conclude a peace treaty from World War II. Uh, they seem benign, but do you believe these efforts at reconciliation, uh, Russia uh, with Japan, or having a more strategic relationship between Japan and Russia uh, is in uh, the national interest and security of the United States? The, um, the, the situation with the islands, I think, is very close to the Prime Minister's heart, and I know he's invested a good deal of time uh, on that territorial dispute. I also know that the Prime Minister, at least in, in what I've read, is concerned about the proximity of Russia and China becoming even more close. Uh, so I, I know that there may be many reasons for his engagement, but I know that we're very strong allies with Japan, and my sense is that they continue to support us in our position uh, with Russia with respect to the Ukraine and other vital strategic interests that are different. So I'm not as concerned, perhaps, as, as, as others that we won't be able to get to a good result with this. Mm -hmm. So uh, you think that Abe is doing this beyond his affinity for the islands and the territorial dispute 
because he seeks to create a greater distance between Russia and China? I'm not certain of that, sir. I'm just uh, in interpolating from what I've read, but I would like to study that more. And yeah, well, I hope you'll answer. pay attention to that as we go along, because so far Russia has not proven itself uh, to be uh, anything but an adversary of the United mm -hmm. States in a whole different sorts of way, violating the international order, mm -hmm. cyber attacking the United States uh, in its elections, and a whole host of other things. Uh, so while I have a great affinity for uh, Japan, uh, I also want our people to be keeping abreast of uh, what they are doing as it relates to what they may perceive mm -hmm. as their national interests, but may affect ours. I appreciate your sensitivity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Senator Markley. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair, and thank you for your, your testimony today. I want to go back to the, uh, the trade side, and mm -hmm. I caught a little bit of uh, Senator Portman's comments as I was walking in the door related to, to autos. But our, I believe that the, uh, the Trump team has announced that they would like to pursue a bilateral arrangement with the Japanese. At least that's been expressed. In, and is that correct? Uh, the the uh, structure that uh, Vice President Pence has put in place is an economic dialogue. It's the foundation for a bilateral discussion. I don't think that we've gone to the point of, of uh, assessing a, a, that we're going to an FTA at this point. So often in the uh, conversation about trade, we, people ponder a lot about China, about Mexico, but the trade deficit with Japan is larger than that of, with Mexico. I believe the second largest in, in, in the world, about $69 billion mm -hmm. last year. And that is in the, the range from uh, service, that services and goods and ag all, all put together. Why have we allowed such a long-standing structural deficit in our trade with Japan, and what should we do about it? Uh, Senator, if confirmed, my hope is to focus a great deal of attention to uh, closing that trade deficit barrier. I think, as we discussed earlier, there are a number of not only tariff issues and harmonization issues, but also structural issues within the country of Japan that make it hard for us to penetrate. When I was the, uh, the Secretary of Commerce for my home state, I was responsible for an office in Japan, and we opened a new effort to try and expand trade. Uh, it's frustrating. It takes, it takes considerable investment to put in place customer service networks, distribution networks, and the type of uh, facilities necessary to properly serve a market. Uh, localization requirements are also challenging because of the language difference. But I think that those are all areas that I'd like to see us make um, more gains on. Also, I'd say I'm very optimistic about the potential to export energy to Japan, and I think that could have a very immediate effect on our trade deficit. So the, the conversation about the barriers in the Japanese economy have, has gone on for decades. We push, they resist, we push, they resist, and essentially they get to continue running this, this vast uh, advantage in, in trade with us. What can be done differently now that hasn't been done before? That, I think, will be the focus of the new bilateral relationship that uh, Vice President Pence is establishing, and I look forward, if I'm confirmed, to becoming a member of the team to work very hard on that. One of the, th one of the things that you mentioned when you were, we were talking in my office was that uh, women in Japan are an underutilized uh, part of the economic potential. Uh, and uh, share any comments or thoughts or insights about that? Indeed, Senator. We, we had a good conversation on that, and, and an observation that I made... Uh, some 20-plus years ago when I was with Boston Consulting Group, is working with Western companies in Japan. Uh, as we assessed the performance of their staff, we found that women employees did a very good job. Uh, we also found that it was difficult for Western companies to compete against traditional Japanese companies to recruit male graduates from 
the top universities. So we, in fact, put in place for many of uh, the Western firms doing business in Japan uh, a strategy to recruit women into the workforce, and that worked very well. I'm, I'm pleased to see that that's now uh, migrated all the way into the, uh, in, into the broader workforce there because I think it has great opportunity. Another area that um, we pay some attention to is the conflict between Japan and China in regard to islands in the East China Sea. And we have uh, recognized that the islands were covered by Article 5 of the U.S.-Japanese uh, Treaty. Um, Chinese don't, don't recognize that. Where's, what's the status of that dispute? And, and uh, any new efforts, do you have any new efforts need to be made in that area? Uh, I was speaking with Admiral Harris yesterday about um, Article 5, our responsibilities to that area in the East China Sea. Um, I think uh, we certainly have been unwavering in our commitments under that security treaty and our willingness to support Japan against any sort of unilateral effort to disrupt their administration of that island. Um, I think the concern comes and probably will come later this summer uh, as the fishing season approaches, and that's something that we'll watch very closely as we see more activity in those waters. One of the things that, that uh, we were involved in recently was a joint exercise uh, with Japan. At the same time, we were doing a joint exercise, a sea exercise with uh, South Korea to essentially uh, draw attention to our military uh, presence in the context of uh, pressure being applied to, to North Korea. Do you anticipate there'll be more joint, if you will, efforts to draw attention to the, the strength of the connection between U.S., South Korea, and Japan as we attempt to persuade North Korea to abandon its nuclear program? Senator, I commend the, uh, the exercises that took place. I think they achieved a very strong purpose. Um, I look forward to, to studying that more because I'm not certain what our future plans are, but I look forward to working very closely with our military command in the area to, to get a better assessment of that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Senator Young. <clears throat> Mr. Haggerty, uh, thanks so much for your interest in serving. I really enjoyed our time together in the office. Uh, just a few uh, questions based on your, your written statement here today. You indicate that uh, you strive uh, as the ambassador uh, for the United States to Japan to encourage more Japanese investment in the United States with a view to generating even more jobs. Indiana, as we mentioned when we visited, uh, is, is home to major Japanese uh, brand automakers, Subaru, Honda, Toyota. Thousands of Hoosiers are employed there. Uh, they are really the centerpiece of many of our communities. And, and so I'd just like to get uh, your thoughts uh, here on the record about what specific recommendations uh, uh, you have about how the United States and Japan might work uh, in, in a more effective manner together to increase Japanese investment in the U.S. Well, um, Senator, thank you very much for raising that. Uh, I, I think we could not have a better person in Vice President Pence to help advance this cause. As you mentioned, he certainly gets it, and his success in Indiana is uh, renowned around the, the country, if not the globe. So I think with the Vice President at the point of this, we have opened a new door, and we have the ability to take ourselves to a new level in terms of attracting more foreign direct investment, because the Vice President understands, as, as do I, that we can build not only important economic ties, but important strategic ties by increasing that foreign direct investment. There is an excess of capital in Japan. 
and um, I think the opportunity to earn returns in a market like the United States is very positive. I think that makes sense for their uh, pensioners and, and uh, their, their economy. I also think it helps the uh, Japanese economy to expand more to the markets where they sell their goods. It helps to raise trade deficits. Uh, localization lowers cost. It's better for consumers. There are many, many good reasons to do this. Uh, the Japanese are practicers of the Kanban, the just-in-time technique of managing their supply chain. And it's very obvious the closer you can get your suppliers to the OEMs, the shorter your supply chain, again, the lower your cost. This is how we sold it in Tennessee. I'm sure this is how Vice President Pence sold it in Indiana, and I think we can do a lot more of that. Do you see opportunities in the, in the area of infrastructure? There's a lot of talk around this town about a uh, major infrastructure package. Uh, would this be one of the major targets of opportunity where a lot of Japanese capital, which is on the sidelines, are, are earning a very low rate of return, uh, might be put to uh, a higher value use to the benefit of Americans? I think that's a great opportunity. It's certainly been something that's been discussed a good deal recently, whether it be maglev train or other types of infrastructure investment where Japanese technology and capital could both be, both be brought to bear in this country. Very well. You, you just invoked uh, our, our governor, now our vice president, Mike Pence. I'm, I'm glad you did that because, as you know, he, along with Deputy Prime Minister Asso, uh, have uh, played a, a very important role in establishing this uh, U.S.-Japan economic dialogue. And as you know, it has three pillars of activity. Common strategy on trade and investment rules and issues, uh, cooperation in economic and structural policies, and lastly, sectoral cooperation. Uh, in your prepared remarks, you state that you look forward to contributing to this endeavor. Um, how do you envision this program being carried out? Uh, what are top U.S. priorities, and uh, what do you expect maybe some points of, of contention might be with well, respect to this? Well, the, um, the, prob probably the biggest opportunity would lie in looking to those things that have already been negotiated in advance through some of the TPP discussions to determine which of those elements might make uh, a good bilateral uh, foundation for our, for our ongoing arrangements. I would also look to the sector-specific opportunities because I think when you can take an industry-specific situation and then begin to work through it, you actually have a chance to make real progress as opposed to having more hypothetical approaches. Um, energy is an area that I see great potential. Uh, we have uh, the opportunity to work with liquid natural gas with other exports now we did not have before. And Japan is the number one importer, for example, of LNG. I think it's the number three importer of oil. But the United States has resources there that I think can very quickly be put into place. We need to invest in infrastructure on our side and on, on, on the Japanese side to make that happen. But I see that as a, as, a, as a big and immediate opportunity. Agriculture has been a concern since I was there 25 years ago. It's going to remain a concern. It's something that I intend to, to focus on intently while I'm there. Hoosier farmers will uh, be very happy to hear that. So uh, thank you so much. And, and with that, I yield back. Gene, uh, welcome. It's Senator Shaheen, you're up. Thank you very much, Senator Risch. Um, welcome, Mr. Thank Haggerty. You, Congratulations on your nomination. Thank um, you. We all appreciate your willingness to serve the country. Um, I wanted to follow up a little bit. I think um, Senator Young was asking about trade and what areas might be um, ripe for trade. I didn't hear the beginning of that question, but I, I wanted to follow up on some of those trade issues. I heard that um, a number of the TPP countries are meeting actually today um, to talk about where to go 
um, given the U.S. withdrawal from that effort. Can you talk about if that, if our withdrawal from the TPP has affected um, our relationship with Japan and what the perceptions are of um, what what opportunities might still exist with the countries that we had been negotiating with? I appreciate your concern, Senator, and I think uh, the Japanese government has invested a lot of political capital uh, in terms of bringing the TPP forward. They were late to, to the negotiations, but I think Prime Minister Abe took it on uh, and, and worked very hard to advance those discussions within his own country. Um, they, they are in a position now where the United States has withdrawn from the TPP, but I'm encouraged, and uh, the reason I'm encouraged is that the Prime Minister and President have both met early on, within three weeks, I think, of the inauguration. Um, the President hosted Prime Minister Abe here in the United States. Vice President Pence has begun an economic dialogue with uh, the Vice Prime Minister of Japan. We've had three cabinet members, uh, Mattis, Tillerson, and Ross, all visit in country already. So at a personal level, at a relationship level, I see advancement taking place that encourages me that we will be able to still achieve a good deal of what we'd hoped to accomplish in the TPP, what might have been hoped before, but also to find other areas, perhaps structural areas, that we can add to that and make significant advancements that work in a more bilateral framework. And how important is it for us to continue to do that, given China's growing role in many of the Southeast Asian countries? Ever more important, I think. Uh, my, my, my hope is that we can continue to strengthen our alliance, Japan and the United States. Together, I think we're about 30% of the world's GDP. What concerns me is that China continues to flex its economic muscle, its strategic muscle in the area. And the last thing I think we want is the Chinese to be setting the rules of the road in Asia. Absolutely. I certainly agree with that. We want to be part of that discussion. Thank you, Senator. Um, we all are very aware of the growing threat that not only the United States faces, but um, certainly the Asian region that Japan is in from North Korea's continued nuclear efforts. So can you talk about how we might better leverage our relationship with Japan to address what's happening in North Korea? Are there things that um, we can be doing to engage better engage Japan in trying to address what's happening in North Korea? I feel that that's underway, Senator. I, I had the benefit of speaking with Admiral Harris about this yesterday. Um, our coordination with Japan is getting ever tighter. Uh, they've undertaken new interpretations of their constitution to enable them to work more closely with our military exercises. Um, I think that what we see is not only an increase in military spending, but also, and I think more important in my view, an increase in the interdependency and the coordination that's happening with our own forces. That, I think, yields great opportunity. The movements that have most recently occurred uh, in, the, um, in the area of the Korean Peninsula with U.S. military vessels as well as Japanese, I think, show a lot in terms of our combined strength and our partnership, and I think we'll probably see more of that. And are there ways in which Japan can be helpful working with us on engaging China and trying to um, encourage them to recognize that it's in the region's interest to demilitarize North Korea, denuclearize North Korea? I'm certain that that's the case. Uh, China is Japan's largest export market. 
they have a very vested interest uh, in, in that region. Uh, Japan certainly is closer to the threat in North Korea than we are, but they have very close economic ties with China as well. So I think together, uh, Japan and the United States can act as a unified front in moving China in the right direction in this situation. And can you give us any update on any efforts so far that Japan might have engaged in with China? Uh, I need to study that. I need to study that further, Senator, to give you a more definitive answer. Okay, thank you. And just a, a final question. I know that um, Japan's government is engaging in efforts to increase women's economic empowerment and participation. Can you talk about what impact these efforts have had and what you will do as ambassador to try and encourage Japan to continue to move in this direction? Senator, I've seen the impact of uh, women engagement in Japan on a first-hand basis. Uh, more than 20 years ago, I was in living in that country, working with the Boston Consulting Group and working very often with Western companies, who then at that time found it very difficult to recruit top male graduates from the top universities. But they were able to recruit female graduates. As we evaluated their performance, we realized that female graduates could perform as well or better in many cases than the male counterparts. So we put together a, a concentrated program to help Western companies recruit females in that market more than 20 years ago. So it comes as no surprise to me that they're adding a great deal to the economy now, and I think the potential there is, is, is even greater. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Being here, and I uh, uh, really appreciate you coming by the office so we could talk about the parochial Idaho questions uh, like the uh, – I'm, I'm amused – we're amused in Idaho when we see the stories about the potato chip shortage in uh, – I don't know if you've ever been to Idaho. We got potatoes, you know. I mean, I have, I've been fortunate to be in Idaho, sir, and yeah, I love the potatoes right, there. Good. Well, and my family's in the ranching business, so um, beef's also a, an important uh, issue for us. And I, we, we had a, a good discussion about those things, and those those trade issues um, are are certainly important. You 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 bring really unique qualifications to this job. And I really appreciate you willing to take this on. Uh, I uh, our relationship with uh, Japan is uh, is so good. And uh, it really is aspirational, I think, for all of us uh, to have that kind of a relationship with every country in the world. And uh, uh, we, we get along so well. And, uh, and your counterpart, uh, Ambassador uh, 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 Sase, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, he's, the ambassador has been uh, incredibly gracious and a, and a great host when, uh, when we have visited with him. So uh, I know you represent us the same way uh, when you're... Uh, when you're in, in Japan. Indeed, I'm privileged to have a colleague like Ambassador Sase to look yeah. to. Look to. Thank you. Um, let, me, uh, let me just say that uh, we, we look forward to, and there's absolutely no reason why our relationship with Japan won't uh, continue as it is, but as with any country, every country looks after its own interests first, and that's particularly true when it comes to trade. And so, so these are delicate trade issues uh, that, that need to be resolved, but it's in the interest of both countries uh, uh, to resolve trade issues uh, between the countries. And after listening to you, I have every confidence uh, that, that you'll be able to do that. Finally, let me say, uh, there's been discussed here briefly, uh, the, the difficulties in the neighborhood uh, with the North Koreans. And, uh, uh, you know, the instability and the insecurity and the, the just uh, uh, misbehavior and bad things that, uh, that that country is doing, its, its administration, its current regime, can't go on. I mean, this is going to be resolved, and I suspect it's going to be resolved on your watch one way or another. 
uh, particularly with the president that we have, is uh, dedicated to, uh, to bringing it to some kind of a resolution. Um, we obviously hope it can be, we, it can be done peacefully. Um, there's certainly uh, 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 some signs that uh, we can be some, there be some optimism that uh, that, that can happen. Uh, obviously, the Chinese are going to play an important role in it, but then so will the Japanese play an important role in it. Uh, again, I have every confidence that, uh, that you can thread that needle, so... Uh, thank you so much. Uh, anything else you want to say for the record? Uh, your it, uh, microphone's all yours. Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity, Senator. I appreciate being here, and if I'm confirmed, I look forward to advancing our relationship with the most important relationship that I can imagine abroad. Thank you, Mr. Haggerty. Kids, you ready to go to lunch? Yeah, I bet you are. All right, with that, uh, the record will stay open until close of business on Friday for questions for the record. Mr. Haggerty, uh, I know you know that uh, the quicker you can get those back, the quicker this committee can act. Understood. And uh, the, the more we can stand this uh, government up, uh, the, the better off we'll be. And we're going to make every effort to do that as quickly as we can. So with that, again, thank you again to you for your willingness to serve. Thank you to your family uh, for taking this on because there's obviously uh, uh, sacrifices that go with that. Uh, and uh, with that, I'll uh, declare the meeting adjourned. Thank you.